Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's, yeah, I'm probably going to... I think I'll have all my hair cut and then I'll probably shave it all off. Really? Um, Wait, sorry, you're going to have it cut you... and then shave it off? Fun. That seems like a slight waste of money on a haircut. But... Uh, no, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll enjoy Ooh, the long of having a haircut and then I'll probably shave it off. Depends on school. All oh, no, no. Just as a dick move, like have your hair cut and then be like, oh, thank yeah. And then they show you the mirror and you're like, oh, yeah, really good. Then you just take a razor out. That would actually make a really funny video. I I that, 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 that would be clickbait. That would be like, yeah, yeah he's paying for a haircut, asking them what they thought and then just pulling a razor out and just shaving off and then walking out of their hairdressers. Um, when you said razor, I thought like cut through a razor so I could sing the blade and like scalping yeah. yourself. <laughs> just like... Just pull it out and then just do like a line right down the middle of your head and then be like, get on it and then walk out. Just see what they'd say. Yeah, just. Hello and welcome to this week's No Idea Yet. Too afraid to ask, too lazy to Google, you're in the right place. Today I am the host and I'm joined, of course, as usual, with Alistair. Hello there. And Jonathan. Hello. So, this week we have fantastic news, of course, as always, and this news will be tied with my topic. So, the news that may have been noted on ITV, BBC, CBS, uh, Fox News, who knows, is that Alistair has moved into a house. Prince Philip. I really, I really thought you were going to take <laughs> yeah. Prince Philip's up. So the day I moved in was the day Prince Philip died, actually. So oh. if we ever going to celebrate it, the That's anniversary. Probably why it wasn't on the news as much with your house. Really. Yeah, it was really. Yeah, I was driving around super it. happy, and it was just like really somber music everywhere <laughs> for like yeah. days. So not to get too dragged into that topic because that's not it. The to do- the topic today that I would be interested to see what you guys already know about, and then for a bit of research, is homelessness. Ooh. So, obviously, to take you know, actually, I say obviously, but you never know. Can you guys define for in this country? We'll say we'll start off with the U- with like, the UK. What is homelessness? What do you mean being destitute? What do you mean being in poverty? Because I think poverty is about one hundred and fifty-seven pounds <laughs> a week, and then destitute is about less than seventy. Right? I, I heard that somewhere. I can't remember where. One without a permanent residence, something like that. I mean, I don't know. I haven't researched it. I like. I was just saying, like, is it this? I don't know, man. I'm asking. You. <laughs> I'm just the host. Who's no idea. Yeah. yeah. Alone, okay. Man. No. No. That's good though. So, without permanent resident, um, Alistair, would you change that at all? No, I don't thought it was when you're living on the street. When you, uh, it depends if you. There probably are different definitions of the forest. Okay. So no, then, I think if, I you know. if you stay at a mate's house, sleeping rough. So, wait, if you, yeah, if, I think if you don't have a, if you don't have anywhere that you, mm. I don't know. Home. No, to hang, yeah, no, to hang your hat. No, but what if you, you you haven't got a house, but you've got a mate, and you're staying at your mates until you find your feet in bed to kind of squatting. Come on. I mean, is squatting homelessness? Yeah, I don't, um, I don't I, think that's being like homeless in the same way that because I think being homeless would be like not having anyone else to like rely on because that's like saying, well, if you live in your parents' house, you're obviously not homeless, but you are relying on someone else. So mm. I think it would be like not being self-sufficient in that way and also not having anyone else to... I kind of feel like if you're not able to open a bank account easily because you don't have like a permanent residence, like an address to put something to, I think that would be quite a good indicator. You know? mm. But you see, this is something that then we're going we're gonna to now move on to the next part of becoming homeless. I'm assuming the majority of people, yes, there are people like kids who run away and people who have maybe found their feet uh, at an early age, but maybe the majority of homeless in our country at least, have already probably had a job or had a bank account or something in the past and then have become homeless, right? Not born onto the streets, you mean? Yeah, yeah not literally born on the A37. <laughs> or the M6. <laughs> I don't know why I've said that. Yeah. So how do you think people become homeless in this sense? I mean, I guess it's you lose your job and then you you don't have the money to support yourself, but then... There are various things I think put in place to stop you from really hitting that rock bottom. I, I think the biggest thing of what I think 
it's, you have to take yourself out, you know, the, the cliche, take yourself out of your own shoes, because it's so, you know, a lot of people paint people with the same brush, brush straight, whatever, of, um, you know, like, well, why are you homeless? How how do you even get to that situation? I can't understand, because it would be so, like for me, me personally, it would be so hard for me to physically become homeless because I've got such a support network, you know, got family, friends, stuff like that, there'd be people who'd be able to do whatever. And I think that's it of it's people who don't have good family relationships it's when they don't have good friendships and that's not saying they don't have friends just more of like you know workmates you know someone's like i'm not really comfortable with having you in my house you know to live i just like hanging out with you at work or whatever and i think that's where the biggest thing comes from of when you don't have those networks where if something goes wrong in your job if whatever happens you know or you get kicked out of home when you're younger there's nowhere else for you to go, you know, and for a lot of people, it's hard for them to ask for help or even know where to ask for help from, you know, mm. uh, and mm. I think that's the biggest thing for any homelessness is because you don't have those connections where you're able to stay at somebody's house, you be a parent, a friend or whatever, and you've got nowhere else to go. Ah, so what do you, what do you think on the path of becoming homeless? I think it's such a cliche that I almost feel worried saying it in terms of the, the first little bit I have, but it's the whole idea of obviously, you know, if, you're, if your life spirals out of control and with sort of the drink and drugs kind of thing, that's that whole route, which is, I think it's kind of, you know, a story as old as old as time really. But like, yeah, I think uh, that's obviously, it's very much a, an association people have with homelessness. I think like the sort of, you know, especially all, especially drug addiction, um, but equally alcohol can be obviously just as dangerous as that. I think, yeah, that's definitely... Um, I'm not saying obviously. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, thing, but I'm not saying everyone knows that the kind of damage that alcohol and drugs can cause your life if you if you get if you get out of control of them. So they yeah. can wreck those um, connections you had previously. So a reason why you may not have yeah. them is because of that. Something that I just wonder if you guys heard about. I'm not saying that it's true or not true or how it works, but have you either heard either have you heard about the idea that once you become homeless, you're so bored, like so mind-numbingly bored, that you turn to drugs. I don't know if either of you heard about it. It's something that I read about once. Like some guy who said, especially yeah, obviously yeah. heroin gives you, like, oh, it's supposed to give you like really sort of like super euphoric, super amazing feeling, right? And it's like, well, if, if nothing else in your life is even remotely vaguely good, then and then there's this thing that's super cheap and very accessible and will make you feel instantly a million times better than. And then so to say no to that would be like I don't know. I, I think that'd be a very difficult. That's the thing. Like, it big. sounds true, but I didn't know heroin was cheap and accessible. <laughs> no, the thing is, it's cheap though, well, isn't it? It's not. It, it's hilariously cheap. But compare. Like obviously, you know, I have no idea. You don't. You probably don't get that many homeless cokeheads because it's. <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, yeah. but I think um, yeah. I think it's something like I'm sorry, like if you go on, like Frank or something like that. I remember look up ages ago. It's something like ten quid or something like that, or maybe even less. For what a hit or for an amount that gets it, you multiple hits. I don't know, maybe it's like a five or a hit or something. Like that. I can't remember. I remember it being ridiculously cheap, you know. Which is just mad, and I guess because you don't, your customer base isn't some student who wants to get high or something, and therefore has money from whoever, either student loan or parents, or somebody with a job. It's mm. somebody who has hardly any money, and it's becoming a they want it all the time. Um, yeah, I think a lot of okay. people find him quite insufferable. But um, Russell Brand has some quite interesting stuff on this because he he was homeless for a time and he was a heroin addict. So, well, he, he definitely I think he bought heroin homeless. Off, off homeless people. I think yeah, I think <laughs> his, his whole life was better. Oh, uh, I'll put that in. Surprising, the... yeah. Okay, so next next question, uh, since this is obviously the first part, so we're just getting putting the feelers out for what we know. How do they survive? I think we, it depends where you are, because I definitely think like the reason why you don't see as many homeless people in like smaller towns is because I guess the biggest thing is asking for money, effectively. And I know you go into like definitely. What you perceive of people, because I know in some cities of hearing, well, I heard from somebody who had like a coffee shop, who'd been chatting to the homeless people who just hang around nearby and sometimes get them. Of they'll sometimes get like, if you're in a city which is affluent and in a nice area, you, sometimes you get like over a hundred quid a day, something like that, just because really? people are just passing by. And anyway, especially if you, you know, once I went to a, it was, oh, I mean, the guy had no idea, but absolutely genius. Um, so it was a Christian event and it was in like a big um, theatre in Preston and obviously so you know you've had for the past two hours loads of people spit, like riling up and everything like that and it's you know part of the ending message was going out into the streets and stuff like that and then unbeknownst to oh. this homeless guy who was sat at the car park he, people are walking out you've got like 
500 people walking out, proper like beaming, raring to go. Homeless guy just like sat in the car park, and it was like he must have made like a thousand pounds in one night because everyone being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna give it to you, man." You know, like help you out, give numbers. Probably got a lot of help as well for like people they're giving numbers and stuff like that. But it's just, yeah, I mean, cities people are able to get money because if you think just purely on small transactions, you know, somebody's walking by, I'll give you twenty p, I'll give you that, I'll give you whatever. Um, someone's maybe a bit too much generous, yeah. but obviously, imagine how bad that's hit by COVID then. A, a people not having money and yeah. B. You know, just not having that for so I think it's... homeless people are really poor, badly affected as well because, yeah. you know. Well, to answer your question, Fred, I, I think one of the really terrifying and really sort of tragic things about it is, that, is that a lot of them don't. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of homeless people die. Like, it's a very common thing to happen, right? Because you know, probably, probably far more than people even realise because obviously the whole thing of being homeless is that they're not, you know, they're, they're, the government probably doesn't have very good figures on that because obviously there's no, they don't fill out the census. <laughs> you know, there's nothing like that. So they're not going to be. But you, you know, find happy. dead bodies, right? I if, if, yeah, if they were like lying on the streets dead everywhere, obviously people would, would you know, would kind of. I definitely don't want to say be, like be a deal. all homeless people get like a hundred pound a day or anything, but I, I think like there's the possibility if you're lucky and you're in the right area and you know what you're doing kind of thing. Mm. But I'm not putting that as they like, say like oh all homeless people have it easy or whatever or they choose to be there because they can get more paid more than they can get in a job. It's just um, mm. so somebody knew who had a coffee shop was saying that like they were chatting to a, somebody so like you know asking a life story kind of thing it's at the moment it's like have you ever thought about like you know the situation you're in so like honestly it's easy for me to get money as i'm doing now than it would be to get a job so he's just happy doing what he's doing um which is hmm. yeah, fair play to him i guess um but that's yeah, I feel like, yeah. an anecdotal yeah. story so i'm not yeah i think it really depends where you are massively but equally i don't know i feel like in the summer it probably isn't as bad mm. but like, homeless in the winter it's obviously it's very uk but like, i feel like you know that that would be Seriously, like I said I, I have unintentionally slept on the street sort of two <laughs> twice, I think, and it was never. Me very, too. It, was, it was really, really unpleasant. Like it was really not, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I've, I appreciate how much I've lived an incredibly pampered, incredibly kind of you know, uh, easy life, by re- relatively speaking. So one night on the street would be, you know, really, really rough. But uh, but yeah, no, it's. I've seen definitely... I've seen drunk guys uh, like sat next to homeless people like you know ranting at them holding the kfc in one hand uh, back back in, in manchester and being like let's just see what it's like like come on like, this guy does it all the time like we've got to sleep out with him like know what it's like sleeping rough and the homeless guy's like just go home mate like like i don't <laughs> care about you being here just leave i don't want anything from you go away <laughs> yeah. just harass yeah. me What's that a weird oh, that's the conclusion you jumped to when I said oh, I've said homeless. <laughs> that's what I was going for. It was more. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah. A, a weird no. dynamic once at a house party of where a homeless guy was invited in. And it, was, it was obviously students and there was just one homeless guy. It's, it's that weird kind of thought of like a, a clashing of cultures, I guess, would be the thing of being like, for him, it's like you're inside in a warm house with a lot of people, you know. What a difference oh, it's that feel is weird. to your, yeah. I mean, it got a bit awkward and stuff like that. Of, I think... Because people gate crashed that party, including like he like there's like ten other people. Including you. Invited. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't invited to that one. But yeah, like ten people gate crashed and then brought the homeless guy with him. He was a bit rare, like Larry, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh poor guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh. but it's that, it's that thing, isn't it? You know, like if if you were homeless, you'd take any opportunity. So, Asa, what do you think about like, and I, I mean this just as the way it's kind of portrayed in media, the problem of homelessness. Like, is it like, you know, like a problem that needs to be dealt with in certain ways? Do you think that people could solve on their own? Do you think the government has an obligation to solve, as in like inverted commas, this crisis? Like, what, what do you think? I think, that's, yeah, I think that's super, I think it's something that, yeah, I think, I think we mentioned this before on the podcast, like the idea of future generations looking at the fact that we have homelessness and being like, what like why <laughs> you're letting other humans live like that that's, that's you know that's appalling like you know there are there are empty houses everywhere and you know and like and then obviously that uh, it's clearly a more complicated problem than that because if, if it was that simple it would it wouldn't be a thing right so i think i definitely would not say that any homeless would want to be homeless but i, d- I do think that the institutions in place to fix it don't actually fix the problem properly obviously because it's still there so it's a mm. you know the problem of it, it persists but i think you know is there an element of the kind of you know Obviously, an addict doesn't want to get. If, an addict who doesn't want to get clean won't get clean. It's as simple as that. And if, if everything's there, it's you know, the things that are sort of holding them in that world, I, I think, think might be stronger than you'd. 
give credit for maybe i've just missed it but like mental health has got to be one of the biggest things yes you know, yeah and i was gonna like... kind of come on to that in the beginning actually yeah that is absolutely again that's kind of a big thing for like driving away or you know people who are close mm. to you and everything right so, yeah. so you, for whatever reason you know you, if something happens say if you have like bipolar for instance an easy way to get completely destitute in a way that you know i think people sometimes think bipolar is being happy and sad but totally not man it can be like you spending your life savings in one night because it just felt like a good idea to do it you know and it's mm. you know it's not rational thinking at all he's like well i was just having a great time and spent all the money man, you know, and that's the reason, suddenly you can become mm. homeless you know you could gamble your house away for instance suddenly homeless, and then being on the streets means you're going to have those similar things and if not kept in check i mean it's going to be so difficult to get back into a normal routine of life because you know first you need medical attention and like mental health attention and then you need the whole issue of trying to actually get a job a house and which is a huge thing in the first place you know starting from well, zero to something you, you made me think of okay it's gonna i don't know a way of saying this without sounding super hippie like you know <laughs> about this but i mean the way you talk about it is very normal but like the concept of getting a house and working a nine to five and using that money to get like to get food is is a social concept, right? We've only come up with it in whatever amount of years. And we're like, this is the way you have to live. This is what normal life is. And like, you know, there is never going to be one way that suits everybody. Living the nine to five and having a job in that normal sense kind of thing is like, that's not always going to fit everyone, right? But we say, that's the way you have to do it. If you don't conform, you're on the street, potentially. Yeah, probably. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I think obviously that's the... That's the construct that we've we have built as a society obviously works for the rich and the people who have who have made it that way and therefore it kind of it was also, i think there's a huge huge stigma attached with homelessness which i don't think we've really touched on yet the whole thing of like you know feel like just what that does to your mental health and even if you were okay before like just having people walk by you and ignore you and treat you like, like, like something less than human all the time like it must be completely and utterly like soul crushing right? you think yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so so I, th I think that that element of it, like the sort of stigma that comes with it, rather just not just the whole the situation of how unpleasant it would be in on the whole, the stigma with it. I think that's a real kind of the kicker. Okay. Then obviously, yeah. Yeah. Do I? Do you have any idea about homelessness in another country? Is my last thing I just want to go. In. Like maybe in other places, it's kind of frowned upon or less frowned upon, and kind of seen as like more noble or or places where there's no homelessness, like probably those Scandinavian countries. <laughs> I mean, some countries go to people seem to have a lot less limbs than they do in the uk for being homeless um i do like you know people oh i'm saying it in that way but do you know what i mean of like yeah you know, in the uk very rarely it's a case of people are you know of i'd say relatively good health in a way that you know mm. they, i'm not saying that they're healthy but do you know a case of got everything but some places people having like no legs or missing like hands yeah like that's that. That. And, so that was yeah huge yeah. in china there was this, i remember the first time i saw a homeless person in china i it really struck me because you you know, in, in the UK, you think, oh, maybe I should give them some money. Like, you know, that, that, that would be a nice thing to do. In China, you think, if I didn't give that person some money, they would be dead tomorrow. Like, it literally is that extreme. But Jeez. then I found out after that, it's, a lot of those people were like peddled by gangs because they obviously, they're so, in they look, it looks in such a bad way that they are like, actually yeah. make loads of money from being on the streets, which is really just appalling. But then all that money, if you give to them, it goes off to these gangs that peddle them and, you know. And even in time, I think, like, cut their legs off so that they can be more. It's, like, it's absolutely horrendous. But I guess that's yeah. a sign of disability benefits and stuff. So in the UK, like, you know. <laughs> that's an extreme <laughs> Wow, that's, that's <laughs> a serious <laughs> U-turn, John. I meant to be the, the reason why in the UK you may not see people without limbs who are begging is because you may be able to be supported financially by the government, whereas somebody somewhere else, you know, if you're not able to work because you've lost your hand in a workplace accident and you weren't able to get any kind of payout or whatever, it means a case of no, I can't afford to work if I don't have any good connections. Then I have to go. There's nowhere else but to be homeless. So that could be a case. It could. I'm not saying it is. Could be a sign of like a, um, what do you call it? Social giving, whatever. Yeah. Fair. No, I say, well, uh, I'm not saying that the Yakuza are going to be like, oh look, here's some disability benefits. We're going to use it. I meant <laughs> the UK obviously like, you know, had something in place. Or maybe in case we just don't lose limbs. I don't know. Well, okay, we well, lose, lose, lose. <laughs> we just... to be fair, health and safety is not what it could be in China. Like. <laughs> no, so that was, I, yeah, yeah, actually hearing about that, I feel like I know um, Abby's dad being into construction, I, think, I can't remember where he was, uh, somewhere in uh, Asia. I'm going to say Asia is a very broad thing because I don't know. I'm not gonna quite large. Hold... Yeah, quite large. 
I was saying like, oh, it's really good. Um, the death count on the worksite was 14 this year. And I said, what do you mean that's good? It should be zero. There should be no <laughs> deaths. And it's suddenly like, it's things like, oh, you've got so many X amount of hundreds of workers working there. It's like, and the death for a year was 14 people died on a construction worksite in this, uh, in somewhere in Asia in a country. Um, yeah. And they're like, no, in the UK it should be zero. Dude, that's 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 our gold standard is zero, never anymore. And it's a big thing when it does happen. Gold standard. <laughs> no, but this 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 is. I talk to people. I mean, again, my company's in construction. It's exactly the same thing. Is that there, some guy was telling me that not for this company, but for their previous company that was contracted in Malaysia, they they were like, yeah, basically, uh, if someone dies or is horribly disfigured, they get a set amount that they send to the family. And then they get employ someone else. That's just how they deal with it. And the family knows they're getting that money, and that's the thing that just happens. But well, it's completely yeah. It's one of those things that just shocks you to if you've grown up in like you know the UK, for example, where everything is super you know health and safety and everything. Like there was this we were walking up this um this place in in uh, in Qingdao, in uh, in sort of yeah uh, in China again. I apologize for keep talking about this, but obviously you know. Um, but yeah, that's experiences. That's, yeah, I said living experiences and everything. But yeah. Walk up this this path, and then we just heard this like almighty crash from like well, a like, massive bang really, like from just around the corner. And we were like, oh, what on earth is that? And so we went just just up the corner, just turned to right, and it was just these guys on the roof of the building, what about seven or eight stories, just lobbing lumps of concrete over their shoulder off the top off the roof onto the pavement below, with no signs or nothing anywhere. It was like if you just walk in like that, if you say if you were running, you run around that corner, you would in absolutely no question you'd be dead. If you were hit by one of these bits of concrete, you would be absolutely dead, like no problem. No question at all. And these guys are just lobbing lumps of these concrete off, off this roof onto the pavement below. And it was just like, no consequence. This is absolutely mental. Like, that, was what, that was, was when I was quite, I thought, you know, it was the first few weeks we were in China. I was just like, this is quite green. Yeah. <laughs> On that concrete bombshell, um, I'll leave you guys <laughs> to do your research. I'm not, I'm not a terrible on, so that. <laughs> <laughs> on homelessness. But thank you for joining us for the first half. I'd like you guys to go away and have a little look. Maybe a few statistics would be quite interesting, like actual percentage of people who become homeless due to drugs or actual statistics in certain countries of homelessness or how they deal with it, that'd be great. Otherwise, anything else that you find interesting, please go ahead and Google through that stuff. And we'll be joining you guys after the break. Hi listeners, regarding this week's episode on homelessness, we'd like to let you know that if you have an old coat, sleeping bag, and just other clothes that you don't use anymore, please consider donating them to Wrap Up. Wrap Up work in London, Leicester, Manchester, Birmingham, and Glasgow, and they hand out these clothes in the winter to those in need. If you'd like more information, please head over to handsonlondon.org.uk forward slash Wrap Up London, where you'll find all the information you need. Thanks. Hello and welcome back after the break to this week's No Idea Yet. Been a minute for you and a week for us. And today we've been talking about the topic of homelessness. So, I'm looking at you guys. What research have you done? I gave you a few questions, a few statistics potentially to look up. What did you get down to? Well, the first things first. Of course, we're going to go straight to it. The definition it's thing on everyone's it's guts to mind. get the definition on there. It's, it's definition. I did, it's, yeah. I so, did so like the first thing I looked up for just the dictionary definition, and then it went into at least in the UK they actually have like, well, I'll, the dictionary definition is of a person without a home and therefore typically living on the streets. But so looking at a statistic on was the Guardian or something like that, they said headline statement was seventy thousand households in the UK made homeless during pandemic. And this is a misleading title, I feel, dependent on the definition and the implied thing they're trying to get across. Because legally, so the UK legally classes it as a household, has no home in the UK or anywhere in the world available to reason to occupy. So examples would be rooflessness, so that's sleeping rough, houselessness, temporary sleeping in an institute or a shelter, living in insecure housing, which is you're possibly going to get evicted, maybe you've got domestic abuse, you're sofa surfing, and then living in in inadequate housing, which is like illegal caravan sites, um, unfit housing or overcrowding. So when they say 70,000 people have become homeless, it could mean that they're in the risk, 
maybe this like um, sofa surfing, maybe you have the risk of eviction or things like that. You know, that's with some of the furlough. What about the more practical ones of that? And like, if you're like living on, like staying at a friend's house, for, for example, or if you're like, yeah, does that all, obviously count as sofa surfing, right? Yeah, because one thing was, um, it's like uh, what in 2019 it was like 280,000 people were homeless. And it was 288,470 households were um, were owed assistance from councils to prevent or relieve homelessness. And I guess that's the thing of like, if you need the government to help you from being homeless, then it isn't a form of homelessness, isn't it? Because without mm. that help, you would be. So I guess that's what they also classify it as. So it's sometimes when they say 70,000 people are homeless, we always think sleeping rough. But what it actually means is more of a case of you don't have secure housing, be that mm. in the hypothetical like you know you're one bad day away from being homeless or you know maybe domestic abuse to the point where you actually need to leave the home but you don't have anywhere secure for you to go yeah so that's one thing of homelessness for me i always thought was sleeping rough was actually what was it in uh 2019 they they estimate um homelessness by on one particular night rather than like a sweeping Mm. statement kind of thing for the year and it was of a single autumn in 2020, it was 2,688 people sleeping rough. They assume these are considerably underestimated. It was recorded in 2019, though, 4,266. So it's actually been down. But in 2010, it was 1,200. So it's been rising quite a bit over the past 10 years. But we've actually, just from 2019 to 2020, we've actually like gone down a bit. Because mm. yeah. I saw, like, there was a thing about, like you said, not just sleeping outside but people who are staying in a temporary accommodation people who are staying at friends houses because they don't have a permanent address people who are in some sort of council move because they didn't have a good address or people who are in a system of some kind that they don't have any really that they call their own but they're being moved or they are moving and if you take that into consideration one in 53 people in london is homeless Wow, like in a, in a state of basically a state you definitely don't want to be in right or i don't want to be in and um and all of like yeah because you don't want to just be like oh well you have to be literally sleeping on concrete for me to go like care about you and call you homeless like there's so many other bad situations mm. that are also come under the same umbrella but in if you take that into consideration for the whole of the country i think it was 2017 this one was one in 200 people in the uk were in a situation like this and that's just mad because i think at the same time finland less than 800 people (laughs) in the (laughs) in finland (laughs) oh see i I didn't look into other countries for this one i just went effectively focused in the uk i was curious about the pandemic or what it's very lucky you didn't johnny because one of the articles i read all right this is this is this is gay to your to your call it was as we have mentioned. There is no internationally agreed definition of homelessness, so I'm not sure how you're going to go with the you know, no no internationally agreed definition. But I assume that is all, all about the sort of relative homelessness, right? where it's sort of how you are compared to the rest of the you know population that you live around. Because mm. obviously, you know, yeah, given different economic factors and things in different countries, it's obviously going to be very different. Mm. What would be considered homeless here would be yes. like, yeah. Know, so we'd be like, oh, you know. I have to be on benefits, otherwise I'd literally be homeless. If they didn't pay me an extra, you know, 200 quid a month, I would be on the streets because I couldn't afford to live. And it's like, yeah, whereas another country would be like, no, it's when you don't have a home, you become homeless. Not when you actually do have a home, you just need to help an out, you know? So I guess mm. it... I guess I guess it's that, also that just literally the relative wealth of people around you. So, like, here, you know, or any developed country can versus, like, sort of, you know, any, like, sort of third world or kind of um, hmm. thing like that's... Yeah, but, I mean, relative... They like I mean I'm kind of I want to disagree a bit about that like relative like imagine relative hunger like oh right well in this country not many people have much to eat and so really how dare you say that you know you're hungry like there are people starving in somewhere else mm. um, but they're still starving like <laughs> like yeah. people still don't have the basic necessities right even if the whole country had that relative to each other they're all at the norm but they still are all having a bad time. Do you think? I guess mm. my always thought is you know you get first world problems, third world problems, but at the end of the day, there's still problems for that individual, aren't they? You know, when you take away the you know, comparison. I know that sounds more like you're trying to argue like, oh, well, you know, me having lost my iPhone charger for a day is just as bad as 
<laughs> you know, someone who's starving. It still seems like it is. Uh, it's speaking. Yeah. I, I think obviously the biggest sort of injustice when you look at all that is the is the complete inequality between um yeah like yeah, the rich and poor divide even in you know the larger scale and, and then on, on a smaller scale. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's all a bit. Mm. Fair enough. Good topic for we all get really sad talking about this one. I think to keep you humble, but also don't get depressed when you feel like your problems are so insignificant you're not allowed to be sad. Um, yeah, that's, that's a nice, that's a nice well, balance. Like, because for different things like depression is people are like, well, I don't actually have real problems because someone's got it worse than me to a point of where they don't accept that having a bad time doesn't mean if somebody's dying right now means you are subjectively having a bad time. If mm. you don't combat that, then you're going to have a worse time and keep thinking you're not having a bad time and doesn't help the issue. Well, so, that's true. So did either of you look into causes of homelessness? Um, I got a cool thing from our friend Tyler, who from uni. So he um was definitely homeless for a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Like, yeah, he was. As in, like a technicality of like you know if it was um whatever. Um, yeah, he's so he's a bouncer in clubs and stuff and bars, and then after during the pandemic they all closed down. So what he did instead, he was still employed. But he's doing it for the homeless places, so it'd be a case of he'd be like security and guard and th- things like that. What? That's I had no idea he was doing asked that. Him, I was like, this is perfect. I was we're doing a whole podcast episode on it. Like, what's your view of like what are the causes and like things like that? What's your view in homeless people? Um, so I'll read it out. Um, to quote, um, depends. Some of them are just young and cold at night, so they turn to drugs because they have nothing else. Some just have nothing else apart from drugs and alcohol. So even if they got a home, that's all they turn to. And some are just effing arseholes. <laughs> it's difficult to determine which is which, so you can never tell the good ones from the bad ones. Also, people will stay homeless until it becomes something that they want to change themselves. So you can help and offer homes and money, but unless they're willing to change, then they always revert back to their old selves. Hmm. That is actually really interesting. I, I think yeah. I was saying, like, why do you think people become homeless and, like, how is drugs and alcohol kind of thing of it? And it's more of a... It's a mixed bag of things, really, you know? And they say, like, some... Some good, some bad. You can't tell the difference anyway, and it's not unless someone wants to try and make a change. I know I was chatting my brother a while ago and saying like there there are women and children get priority in all the systems. So men are usually at the the end of the queue, so they have the longest waits to get kind of housing and all the the resources available. Um, but they're still there. You just have to wait. Um, Mm. Yeah, and obviously, I think a lot of people get sick of the system, kind of stuff like that, and then it's. But I, yeah. I didn't research that, so I don't, I'm not gonna. No, 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 because no, I did have a quick peek into a few um, studies on homelessness. I tried to keep it to the UK because otherwise, you just go down a huge, huge rabbit hole. And one particular one that I really enjoyed was <laughs> enjoyed. It's <laughs> um, a lot was, of it, that one. Yeah. I know it was literally called homelessness in the uk who is most at risk and it breaks down it does compare to other countries sometimes but it breaks down kind of causes of homelessness and percentage chance of it happening to you and it starts off with the fact that some politicians like to quote um we are two paychecks away from homelessness and like anyone can be two paychecks away from homelessness for example and they're like is this true? And so they broke it down and it turns out obviously it's not true because it's hugely dependent on, well, two parts, individualistic um, variables such as mental health, drugs and um, personal issues. And then there's the structural problems such as um, availability of jobs, the housing market and the poverty that you're born into. And one of the things was just like, if you're born into poverty and potentially end up having small periods of time homeless as a child or in that kind of situation is like a huge factor for being homeless later. And one of the things they were questioning was also just like, is it the fact that you're, you you see this whole culture that the rest of us is, is kind of hidden from, if that makes sense? Like, and they, I'm not saying that it's not bad, but it made me wonder if kind of, if you see that it's possible to survive in that situation and you're having a really bad time but you recognize that like i don't know you recognize the rock at the bottom as being there i wonder if that makes it more kind of like you could actually hit that rock first and like tyler was saying you know like not change that but be doing other stuff 
and surviving at that bottom. And I, whereas I guess for me, who hasn't had to grow up in those kind of situations, I almost fear that bottom because I never have seen it. I don't yeah, know what you guys think. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a really good point, actually. I got what you mean because for us, when we start to go, we're getting closer. Like at this, the, you know, like it's um, like between the difference between a sea and a swimming pool. You know, like that thing of like you don't actually know what's below that point, but you know it's bad. You know, like oh, I, I never want to be dipping too too low because I actually have no idea what's below there, but I just know it scares me. So I guess when you start getting close to that point, you may, you may feel to start fight back more. Whereas if you've already been to that point. You may get to that point and then you start to fight back. I don't know if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think you get what I mean, but yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you mean, oh, it, you know, you get there, you're like, oh, it's fine. I think, yeah, it's more, like I said, it's all that. Um, sort of, yeah, it's just given it. I mean, it's, it's you could, the other extreme of it would be like, you know, someone who lived a complete life of luxury and you know, kind of like if, any interest in that to go listen to last week's episode, hey? um. But you know, like if you had someone, if if you, if you were like waited on hand on foot for your entire life, to the point you never even been in a kitchen before and stuff like that, and then you had to go and vent for yourself in a normal setting, it would be kind of is it exactly what you're going for? Or is it yeah, it would be kind of well, kind of like for them, even just having to go into a kitchen would be would be they, they wouldn't be able to function. I mean, someone who hasn't really had to do anything themselves. The, I mean, you you must have met people at work who have never had a job before, and they're like in their twenties, and you're like you are sometimes often useless <laughs> you yeah. have just no concept of what you're doing here and it's a struggle for them definitely to start and get into it uh but then they do they can and so i wonder if it kind of like the converse is us also not having a concept of how mm. low you can go <laughs> and it i guess so would you say the other, the other sort of flip side of that would be that then people we assume that everyone who is homeless is constantly fighting to stop being homeless whereas other people who are just homeless and they kind of Yes, happy, but they're kind of content, I guess, in a way, or they just kind of, or they're at least like like Johnny's used to about like the sort of addicts who don't want to change, right? And then it's kind of the thing about if you would want, obviously, if you give them the opportunity, they would, you know, probably bite your hand off to, to you know, get into some housing or getting to whatever they would, you know, mm. to improve mm. their situation. Well, here's here's a part. Here's a, I'm just going to quote this from the paper. Um, so they had different uh, bands of people. Um, in certain parts of their study for example you had like um, in one section they had like um, band A you're single but you have a full time job in a good neighbourhood B you're a single parent but you're renting C you're an adult who has a uh, a job but you have no qualifications um, but you live with parents it kind of like they're covering different um, sections and one of like you're single and you don't have any qualifications and you're in poor housing blah 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 blah. there's a whole it's, it's a massive paper Here's a, here's a bit from the conclusion. The weighted possibility of homelessness in some systematic dis, systematically disadvantaged groups is so high that it is the norm. Jeez. But, yeah, I guess if that kind of answers your point, like mm. to some people it is so common it's normal. What you, yeah. you know, I was thinking of, I was trying to think of an, a, a weighted, like a metaphor. Of obviously this is a completely different setting, but the idea of say if you've had, say if you went from uni and you got some high paying job immediately, suddenly you're like I don't know an accountant or something, um, and like this is that's your norm, and then say somebody you worked at McDonald's first and then you became an accountant, you know so those two people, one is like if you lose your job, it'd be like, oh you'll have to go work at McDonald's. One person would be like I can do that, you know so that's fine. I guess I can keep doing that until I get in a better position and then I'll go back. Whereas the other person will be so like, no, I never want to work there. I want to stay exactly where I am. So they'll make sure never, they'll, there's more of a deterrent, if you know what I mean. I'm trying to think of more. Of a, a no, I, I disagree with that. Just like, the point that I think I think that people do, you know, people people like get used to what they've got. Very, very. I've made this point before on the podcast, I'm sure, but how quickly you get used to something once it's like becomes your norm again. Like mm-hmm. something good comes along, if you improve your situation in life. Then you'll very quickly not want to go back to the, the the way it was before. So I think I I'd, I'd argue that the person who used to work at McDonald's would work even harder to keep their keep their good position. I, I was thinking but more. Do you know when it's I said like it, yeah. if you grew up with part of your life becoming homeless with a parent, for instance, and then you come out of it again, maybe that because I think Freddie said, I often think of where there's a 
higher likelihood of going back into it or whatever. Yeah. The difficulty is um, that, again, this study um, talked about was just that it is hugely complicated, the factors, but um, the problem was that some, when, if you're in a certain group or you're in a social structure, you have masses of cushioning compared to some that have almost nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So potentially the person who was in the McDonald's position and then got into the finance or whatever, like, yes, they Probably work on Anyone working at McDonald's listening to this podcast, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, <laughs> classic thing, yeah. you have a you, you job know, that requires no qualifications yeah, first yeah, and then you get into something later. Yes, it, it's like we'll an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your fast food chain, TM, <laughs> you work in. One of the best employees in the UK, apparently, McDonald's. Like, probably like that and Aldi, right? Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, like they probably were in a different social circle, right? The other person maybe didn't need to have a job because they already had those huge cushioning factors before they got mm. into the finance section because they didn't need a job beforehand. Mm. And so like this all ties in together. And the biggest thing, um, which is kind of sad, compared with like Denmark, they put like Denmark and the US, they put Australia, all these things in. And it doesn't matter how good your welfare system is. It doesn't matter how like much money is put into this or that or whatever. The biggest cushioning factor was just having a good social network, a partner or a family. Doesn't matter how good your government is in, in these certain situations. There's always a downside. Yes, there's like good housing in like Finland, for example, but poor something for drugs or there's good something in Denmark, but poor this. There's a balance, right? I'm not saying mm. that the government doesn't help. I'm just saying that the biggest preventative was actually just having a good social network. And I was like, oh, I mean, it's, you know, I mean it's hard to so what could the government do to improve that? Do you reckon could the, could the government actually feasibly have any policies that would improve that? Like, oh yeah, like, they said, like I say, it's so one hundred percent unique they, to every, they, every individual that you know. Yeah, it's what the government could do. It's government given mates. Go. <laughs> <laughs> government being chat to Boris, chat to some sort of Boris bot. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that would oh. evening that'd be fun. Wouldn't it? Yeah, no, they were saying like um, how ex- extortionately expensive it is and detrimental to the to the society to have basically poverty in it. And there's the way that they could any way of alleviating poverty already like it's it's like the it's like the foundation, and that from that everything can build up and do better. Yes, like yeah, give friends, but like quote from my, the article in the conclusion. It is abundantly clear from our analysis that action on addressing child poverty ought to be an overriding policy priority in this field. Albeit that strong associations between homelessness and adverse teenage experiences signal another critical intervention opportunity. Like basically, yeah, like it's all about helping the kids, and it makes Never sense, mind right? The old guys, they can all die in the streets. Well, just about the kids. Yeah, I mean, I mean effectively, I think no, I'm not saying yeah, but yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah. change, it's like with you know a lot of conservation things of like it's hard to change old minds and it's a lot easier to bring up kids being aware and who then will be the next change obviously climate change is like we need to do it right now so you need to change the old minds but it's a thing of you know it's the new guard isn't it that's how you make the biggest difference and the biggest change mm. good good education the charity crisis um i, I wrote down crisis bets 10 billion would do the trick um, so they, so they like obviously feel like they did a study or compiled evidence to suggest that ten billion pounds will be able to sort out homelessness effectively. So it'd be part of it would include a hundred thousand five hundred social homes built every year for the next fifteen years to tackle the amount of people who need it, um, improving housing benefit to actually cover costs and reflect rent rises, increase help and fund periodical and proactive support for rough sleepers i don't know if that's periodically um prioritize probs i don't know uh, make it a duty for public bodies that are relevant to prevent it increase funding for critical time intervention and that helps people leaving prison or at their there are like transitions in their life and where you may become homeless say if you like you're leaving domestic partner domestic abuse or coming out of prison things like that where that's like, this transition in your life where you may become homeless they're trying to like get those people at that stage to help them to prevent mm. it. Because prevention is always the biggest thing, isn't it? That is mental when you think about how little money that actually is in terms of like government spending and like or look at how much they might yeah. they spend on all sorts of things. That's yeah. Crazy. There was a thing that said yeah. like 
the UK it cost something like the the prevention cost of cost of housing and helping is like let's say one uh, something like one thousand per month per something, but the cost to the government um, for the 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 health and the issues that come with it with homelessness costs. 10,000 per month and it's just like mm. it's just it economically mm. it doesn't make sense poverty for the reasons why homelessness this is just on like gov website obviously the uk of poverty inequality housing supply and affordability unemployment or insecure employment access to social security and then it was so that's obviously with like things which cause homelessness and then for the individual factors include um poor physical health mental health including which i think was such a good thing mental health including childhood experiences which is saying it's not just a case of your mental health and like you you've got a condition it's about your upbringing in the case of you know if you were abused when you're a kid that's going to be a huge factor and it's that's how your mental health because i guess it's the way of your personality is altered from there on out isn't it you know you always have something in the back of your head um, and there's also violence abuse neglect etc uh, drugs <laughs> and alcohol bereavement just relationship. Breakdown, mm. experience of, so experience of care or prison, and then refugees, which I guess probably a huge thing is will be refugees to a, to an extent. You know, um, I like I liked not that I liked, but the fact of bereavement. You know, because I know when you so if you've got any joint accounts, I think if you've got life insurance or anything like that, all your bank accounts freeze that are joint. So it's a case of if your partner dies, there's a high chance that you'll be able to withdraw any money just in case there's been any dodgy dealings effectively mm. with it. So, yeah, if you can imagine for a lot of people, you know, you've just lost your partner, how do you deal with life without them, especially if they did whatever in the house? You know, it's, it can be difficult for people to get on top of, like, the bills or whatever because they don't know what the other part... You know, a lot of times in a relationship, you, you take different roles. Um, so if one person, like, oh, well, they usually did this and I did the other thing, suddenly that person's not doing the other thing anymore. So, you know... Mm. I can imagine bereavement is quite, quite a big thing, really, because you know yeah. or, or the biggest thing is death of a parent. You know, say if your parents died, what happens then? You're 16. How you not yeah. become homeless if you don't have a more family? Yeah, also you don't have that structure. You could have had a very nice childhood potentially, but if you don't have that immediate structure around you that's, that that works for you, because obviously people are different, then man, like you could definitely fall off the wagon pretty quick. Mm. Yeah, that's why I, I feel like that 10 billion figure that they're talking about. They could fix homelessness like that. I don't think it would be that simple by any stretch of imagination. Yeah, it's, it's, when you look, yeah, so when you look really look at how how, how um, deep rooted some of these causes and some of these issues are, it's just in like society and in people's yeah. lives. I, I really don't think it's going to be that simple. Of a if you got the right person with a really good knowledge and study of it, who had a really good team and they dictated how they did it and had a really good financial advisor, then yeah. yeah. Maybe, but you don't get that, do you? Because it's like, who's if got the, the lowest bid? Yeah. If the government put as much effort into it as they did, like, say, I don't know, COVID, <laughs> then Net I think COVID they probably... now, they had yeah. chances before. Right? Yeah. COVID now. <laughs> yeah. COVID if, before. Imagine if, if the government decided, actually, you know, we're going to fix homelessness. This is, this is our new priority. We're going to fix it. I'm sure that they, they, you know, there will be dramatic changes. But okay, well, have either of you got anything else that you'd like to add on the topic of homelessness? Or if it's made you think any other way next time you see a homeless person on the street. Yeah. Or <laughs> somebody that you meet and realise they are actually homeless. Just your definition isn't just sleeping rough. It's a case of they are like, you know, either don't have a fixed abode, you know, they're sleeping with some not sleeping with somebody else, they're sleeping at someone's house, which isn't their own. Or, you know, even just a case of they're so close to the line of becoming homeless that they need uh, help from the government um it's a really yeah. good conversation starter i found yeah that's gonna go down well. are you homeless <laughs> I <know>. so <laughs> i noticed you look a bit homeless <laughs> okay i've got a question for both of you just before we wrap up this episode if at 18 uh you know god forbid or something happened with both of your sets of parents just just the parents that you have they disappear completely at 18 for whatever reason would you have the right social network or would you have had the right um, safety net to not be homeless? Yeah. I I say that only because one parent already died, so um, <laughs> so the house... Not at 18, free. Johnny, that wasn't my point. I'm saying you turn 18, you become an adult legally in the UK and suddenly your support, your immediately your close support network, i.e. your parents or whoever it is, the one yeah. that you live with at the time disappears. Are you fortunate enough to not become homeless? 
I'd possibly, yeah. I but that's me, my personal situation. But that's yeah. In case of yeah. No, that's what that's the whole question was. Like, if yeah. my parents, for example, disappeared at eighteen, I would have had jobs, but those jobs probably were not sufficient enough for me to get any sort of good rent anywhere near that job. And I would definitely have relied on a friend or other family relative, maybe a grandma, but it wouldn't have been ideal for the job situation to not be homeless. And this is something that I was reading about, like, if you got, if you're immediate, you know, your parents gone, that's a huge factor in homelessness. Um, with Alistair? I, 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 yeah, I, I was very fortunate as well. I would be in a position that I probably would still be okay with family and everything else. Um, extended family. But, um, I think the interesting thing about that is also the factors that contribute to that in terms of driving away, driving a, a you know sort of a, you know divide, dividing a family. Well, like I said, obviously the drugs and the alcohol is a big one, right? They're all you know having a family kind of disown you almost, or you know, like a, a I don't know example of a young girl getting pregnant or something that's you know that doesn't doesn't align with the family values or that sort of thing. So I think I think that's a good example to have in terms of how easy it would be to become homeless when you've got those things taken away and how. There are lots of situations in which they can be taken away by things that you associate with homelessness, therefore leading to this whole sort of spiral effect, as it, as it were. Well, but yeah, no, it's, what, it's very interesting. What you said, Alistair, of like the, the driving away is, if anything, I would think possibly worse than a bereavement or a death. I know you say that because, you know, say if your parent died, you'd have a lot of people being like, you need help and care. Whereas, you know, as you're saying, Alistair, if you were driven away by mm. a family, you're not going to get the same help mm. at all because suddenly exactly. people aren't feeling sorry for you thinking, what happened? Why? Exactly. Why do they yeah. keep you out kind of thing? Yeah. I think that's where you have a lot of struggle. And that's, I think having a solid family unit personally, and that's something, you know, really lucky to have because a lot of people, it's just not solid. It's not that thing of, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, someone's always going to be there. It's like, a, no, it matters what you do, whether or not somebody will be there for you. And I think mm. that's something we definitely take for granted um, of like our personal situations, you know. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you very much for your insights, guys. And I hope that you and your listeners that are out there perhaps have a second thought when you meet someone who's homeless next time. Anyway, that's enough for today's episode. Join us next week and we'll catch you then.